The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome to another edition of The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. My name is Jeremy Wiseman. I'm joined by Jerry Karaya. And last week, we put a pause on the inflation topics. But today, we have to talk about it because it's everywhere and it's not transitory. And the Fed is starting to walk that back. I want to, we're going to talk a, a lot about that. But more importantly, why we're talking about that is because the Fed is trapped. That's what it's going to come down to. And uh, what does that mean for you and your portfolio? And also, what does that mean for the prices of gold and silver? We'll talk about uh, where where the markets are at in general, what we've seen this week in the precious metals market, and uh, again, what we can expect for the future. As for this week, Jerry, in the precious metals market, it was a damn good week, um, which is great because last week we really kind of put our necks out on the line to talk about what a great opportunity it was for precious metals. And of course, this week, gold and silver took off pretty strongly at the beginning of the week, and they did not let up. Even here on Friday, silver's trading above $25 an ounce. Gold is in well into the 1800s. We're trading above 1850. This has been very, very exciting for many people, especially those who even gotten involved in the market within the last you know, several months because at the end of the day, you know, break even on gold is a little over a hundred dollars an ounce. And to see an eighty, ninety dollar move in the market is obviously gonna give a lot of confidence to uh to people who've gotten involved in the market. What was your reaction to what you were seeing in the gold and silver market this week. Yeah, we had a good week, uh, as did gold and silver did have a good week. It was the conclusion of the Fed meeting last week, as well as the uh, huge, huge uh, headline, the 40-year high inflation really is the only headline that we need to be aware of. Um, last week, the consumer price index in the U.S. came in at a red-hot 40-year high of 6.2 and core C- uh, CPI 4.6. And this is not just in U.S., this is in China as well, their PPI data is coming out very, very hot. So inflation, we didn't want to talk about it. We don't. Know, we didn't want to bore you again this week, but we have to address it. We have to address the canary in the coal mine. Well, you know, the smoke is filling up rapidly. The shifts are on, and there are huge signals that gold prices will continue to surge. Look, gold right now is about eighteen sixty. Um, we're touching on that resistance of eighteen seventy. A break above that, confirm on a daily close, we may see a 1916 resistance. Remember last year we hit 2000, a little over 2040 high. We're right back to these levels. Silver, on the other hand, just under its 200-day moving average, so we're watching these levels. Momentum is on our side. Uh, the news, the data breaks, uh, and there's a, lot of ta- there's a lot of tailwind for gold and silver at the moment, but we're not watching the prices. We're not worried about what the moves are happening. We're looking at what the Fed's doing, the trap, how the, the, how trapped these central bankers are. They're flipping between monetary and physical, and this is what's happening. Huge shifts globally, and it's exciting to be in physical, and that's the argument. We're not in proxy like paper. We need to remove ourselves from paper and get into something that is safe and liquid, Jeremy. So when it comes to the Fed, a lot of the talk out there amongst sort of the blogosphere, the the videos, all the interviews out there with the analysts and everything, the idea is that, and something we've talked about for, for a very long time, the idea that the Fed is being trapped. 
they they've kept interest rates low. Anyone who who's using a bit of brain power has watched the Fed over the past decade and said, if things are so great, why not raise rates? Just using a little bit of questioning here. No conspiracy theory, just asking questions, being a little curious. Nothing wrong with curiosity, right? So that's what we're going to do. We're going to ask some questions. If things were so great, why not raise interest rates? They never did it. They tried, and there was a taper, and the, and then they tried to do the taper, and there was a tantrum, mm -hmm. right? Powell came in, raised interest rates a little, a little bit, and then that was it. But forget it. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta cancel this, reverse course, and all of a sudden markets uh, they start uh, adding more and more to their balance sheet, and again, interest rates have been zero. And this was all happening before COVID. Mm -hmm. Markets were in were really big in trouble. That's right. And so before we go further with this conversation, I just kind of want to contextualize it a little bit. In in 1980, when at, at the end of the 70s, when when inflation really reared its ugly head and stagflation, and you know the governments went so far as to to do capital controls, which I heard is already being done in Hungary. They're gonna they're doing capital controls on uh, on gas prices. They're saying, well, we're gonna halt gas prices. Well. What happens when that happens? What happens when you cap a price? Who's going to feel it? The supply chain. Exactly. It's just going to back, back, back further. So we have to keep that in mind. But I digress. In 1980, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, Paul Volcker, raises interest rates to double digits. And I've said this for years. What could possibly go wrong if the Fed raised interest rates double digits today? Could they do it? Absolutely not. How would you like your flexible mortgage to, to quadruple in price mm -hmm. every month? You mm -hmm. can't do it. There's no savings rate the way they had a savings rate in the, in the late 70s. People, the, people could absorb it. Yeah. You can't absorb it now. So how do you raise rates? So they have two tools, raise rate and spend money. So how do you raise rates, Jerry? Well, a lot of um, analysts have already, based on the the report of the CPI data last week, uh, the f they have priced in a, uh, an interest rate hike next year uh, because of the CPI data. Uh, but many markets, uh, the markets are worried that the Fed actually is behind the, the, the curve on inflation. So too little, too late. Um, and what is going on there? Again, we've talked about them being trapped. And, uh, you know, few can explain things better than Crescat Capital's Otavio Costa. And he had a series of tweets this week, and he really focused in on the imbalances in the U.S., both overall debt and the GDP, plus the overvalued stock market valuation, and how dependent uh, the U.S. Treasury market is on, lower, on low interest rates. They're trapped. Okay. So the Fed has always been trapped, but this time it's trapped. It's as trapped as it could possibly be. They're worrying that the Treasury market is about to face one of the largest supply and demand mismatches in history. And as a result, this could cause the 10-year yields to rise like they did in the 70s. Right now, it's about 1.6. It could rise as high as 2.5 to 3% even more. If this move materializes, Costa writes, the yield curve control narrative, which we talked about before, will become as prevalent as ever. So when we have inflationary con conditions that we're seeing today, they're forcing policymakers to pursue this impossible mission. 
to tighten financial conditions just enough so risky assets can stay afloat without inflation getting out of control. They're caught between a rock and a hard place. So what happens next if the long this if this you know with gold if long term yields are poised to rise? We look at the 70s as, as an example when nominal yields trended higher and gold followed along almost perfectly. Back in 1970, gold started around $70 per ounce. The 10-year Treasury yield started to march higher. Inflation's marching higher. Gold went from 40 to 850 really, really rapidly. And this is the rock in the hard place. What happens to gold? Gold pivots out of there. Gold is never cornered. Gold, gold is our way uh, to hedge against inflation and to move and to prosper without risking anything. Because remember, it's a tier one capital asset. Banks can hold it. It's as good as money. It is money. And this is why we have to talk about this on The Real Money Show. The number, one eight seven seven eight silver and the website, guildhallwealth.com. They're definitely trapped, and credibility is in question. They've had issues with Fed presidents trading their books. Um, they've had to step aside because they're, they're a distraction. Um, these are big issues. Now, as well, you know, Powell's up for reconfirmation. They're not going to want to make waves. But at this point, the question becomes the, the, the idea of transitory inflation. We called BS right away. We said, no way. That is not true. Not true at all. The market seemed to buy it. But at this point, is the market buying? They're starting to backpedal on, on transitory inflation. So are they buying anything that the Fed says at this point? Anything? Now, before we – I got a better question for you. You see Janet Yellen as the Treasury Secretary, okay? So you know <laughs> that, that there is no independence between the Fed and the government. Now, look at the government in the states right now. They don't care about people. Mm. The inflation is crazy. No. Gas prices crazy. They're doing nothing about. They laugh about it. They're they're doing nothing. Well, the policymakers yeah. are not the people. They're doing nothing trying to get uh, shipments on the go, et cetera, et cetera. So, in going to break, I guess I'll ask this question. Audience can can think about it a little bit. Maybe the Fed doesn't care. Maybe they will raise rates because no one seems to care about people anymore. Now, they pretended to care about people when they gave them all paychecks and made them stay at home. But what was the real consequence of that? They don't want to go back to work. And all of that money went right into the into the economy and created the inflation issue that the Fed is now dealing with. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Something to think about. At Guildhall, you can buy physical precious metals, gold, silver, we also do colored diamonds. We'll try to get into a, a little bit of that discussion later in the show. You can buy it direct. You can hold it, store it in a vault facility, IROC approved, fully insured, underwritten by Lloyd's of London. And you can even hold it in a registered account, directly owned by you. This is not paper. This is your physical ownership of physical precious metals. So this is the best way to get involved. Sound good? Give us a call. We'd be happy to walk you through it and show you how, how it all works and give you all the details. As we go to break, just think about what I said earlier. Maybe the Fed doesn't care. Maybe they will raise rates. Maybe they'll just throw their hands up and let, this, let the chips fall where they may. Let's talk about what that would look like 
And what happens if they go with door number one being, well, we're not going to raise rates. Uh, we're just going to keep printing money. And what does that look like for the price of gold? You're listening to The Real Money Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And the number again, one eight seven seven eight silver and the website, guildhallwealth.com. And we'll be right back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show. The number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. Before we jump back into um, our discussion about the, the trapped uh, situation uh, at the Federal Reserve and what that's going to mean for us, I wanted to uh, just talk to you, Jerry, uh, bring up something I was watching with uh, Patrick Kareem of North Star and Bad Charts because he was doing an interview this week on Kitco and he was showing uh, your cup and handle type of uh, charts and just showing that in in today's circumstances where the prices of metals can go and he's looking at uh, gold rising something like 300% plus and silver rising 400% plus over uh, the next three years just based on the charts mm-hmm. just based on the idea that you're see- you've seen the lower lows you've seen the turning of the tide Things are starting to ramp up, and what does that look like going forward? So we, and then for him, he looks at, you know, what happened in in seventy nine eighty to the gold and silver market. What happened in two thousand ten eleven in the gold and silver market when these setups happened before, and looking at the setups now, he's looking for uh, pretty great pretty great gains. I, I would say on the silver side, he was pretty conservative, basically saying silver could reach $75, $77 over the next three years, which is amazing return. It's trading at $25 an ounce US right now. So uh, that's that's a great return, but mm-hmm. conservative by by where, where this is going. And why that is, is because it's an industrial metal. There's just mm-hmm. not enough around and everyone's buying it to hedge against inflation. So um, I thought that was interesting. Um, we'll, we'll put that in our newsletter so people can see what he has to say about it. And just from a chart conservative perspective, where the prices are going, and it looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Now on the backdrop of the fundamentals that we're talking about, yeah. it kind of, you start to draw a compelling case mm-hmm. for why you should really, if you don't have gold and silver in your portfolio already, yeah. why you should get in gear and mm-hmm. start thinking about thinking about it and reading about it and maybe even calling us and talking about it. Mm-hmm. You you brought something that you wanted to say that was pretty interesting. From yeah, it's article. about more inflation talk, Jeremy. So what is the best? I'm going to ask a question to everyone. What is the best thing we can do to ease multi-decade high inflationary pressures and record high uh, debt burdens? We're talking about 21, 29 trillion in the US plus 159 trillion in unfunded liabilities. How are we going to deal with that if we were the US government, Jeremy? Well, um, I I'll tell you would say we'll we, we would we would jawbone as much as possible. Clickbait, yep. Yeah. Uh, no, we're going to approve a $1 trillion deficit funded infrastructure plan, of course. This week saw exactly that happen. And on Monday, this Monday coming up, Joe Biden will sign the largest federal investment in infrastructure bill in over a decade. So this is what we're seeing. While the Fed, the Federal Reserve, which is monetary policy, while monetary stimulus via quantitative easing is tightening, 
looks good. You're doing the responsible thing here. Well, we don't know. That's the, we don't know if the, that'll last. That it will last. We know that that's transitory. As the monetary experiment goes, it was failed. Mm-hmm. QE did nothing. If it did something, interest rates would have gone up to six percent when everything was great. I but know. it never did. So let's be honest. So while the, the monetary policy did not work, no. failed experiment. You're looking at the at the end game of this. Yeah. So I, I digress. I'm sorry. So yeah, the, the Fed is looking to you know stop the QE. Bank mm. of Canada even stopped two billion a week uh, in QE. But just because the central banks are are tightening up or tapering temporarily, the government, the fiscal stimulus, is taking the baton here, as we see in the states, taking the baton and sprinting toward the cliff in its place. So it's still debt. It's still inflationary. But the Fed is not doing it, but the governments are, are mandating it, and they're going to be uh, signing a $1 trillion deficit funding infrastructure bill. Uh, includes the uh, the Build Back Better bill. <laughs> I, I dare say it's a beautiful observation because I have seen as well from time to time, Powell will get up there and say, you know, we do need more help, the fiscal policy rather than just our monetary policy. So he's kind of in a way just pleading, please, you print the money. And by the way, where do they get the money? And where does the interest go? Oh, the Federal Reserve. Mm -hmm. The private Federal Reserve will eventually give that money. The deficit spending, where does the money get created from? But the Federal Reserve, and then the interest is owed back to the Federal Reserve. So, you know, they've got their hand in both in both pots. Meanwhile, the infrastructure bill, like anything in politics, is going to take years to to unveil and roll out if, in fact, there's spades in the ground. Who knows how much pork is in these these bills and things like that and how much money is just going to get wasted out the door. So, I mean, let's be fair. This is this is not um, this is not a rescue train. Mm -hmm. Right. This is this is just piling it on. Yeah. Um, I'd like to revisit your um, the idea of all of that stimulus going out to people that has created this inflation and what your thoughts on that all are. Yeah. Well, these stimulus checks that people received, um, those were just temporary. Those were in and out really quickly, but the effects are lasting and they're growing. We're seeing it at the pumps. We're seeing it at the grocery stores. We're seeing it with supply chain issues. You talk about quite often how long you're waiting for your fridge to arrive. And these are all the effects of what happens when you try, when you try to stimulate and create artificial anything, anything artificial. Uh, the truth, the light comes out and we're seeing the effects of it. It's all negative and, uh, you know, is this going to get any better, Jeremy? Yeah, I, I wonder, since we're asking questions and being curious today, well, free money isn't free, is it? The person who's sitting at home saying, oh, this is amazing. The government's paying me to stay at home. Yeah? How's, how's your grocery shopping going? Since you're staying at home, I guess you don't need to drive. So who cares what's happening to the price of gas? <laughs> or when you go to visit your friend, you go, oh, man, this is costing me a lot to go visit. My-. So what happens now? Do you get to ask the government to send you more money? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. They passed it on to the businesses who now have to entice people by charging more. Mm-hmm. And then that eventually they, you know, not every business can make their packaging smaller. That's right. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So eventually that gets passed to the consumer and then play that out. Oh, so the consumer has less discretionary income. So bye bye Christmas, right? Smaller gifts, smaller that 
now now we're now we're having to make decisions um about what what to buy and when to buy it and are we going to buy a new car maybe not and how is the stock market still rising when these companies that are having to raise their prices across the board and the discretionary income is quickly going down the drain please tell me someone explain it to me how the stock market is still rising i mean i know but I'm saying from a rational standpoint, from a standpoint where it's not talking head saying, oh, yeah. look, it's magic. It's yeah. just going up. Come on. The, the liquidity is going to fast disappear from the stock market. And fiscal, uh, fiscal stimulus is not monetary stimulus. Fiscal stimul- stimulus does not go into the, st- into the stock market. Right. Now, that's a huge point, Jeremy. Uh, it's, it's avoiding uh, – the savings and it's avoiding investment uh, and 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 the incentives for investing is is just out the window. Uh, wage wage increases we're not seeing. So yes, individuals will eventually have to make decisions as to what they're going to be going with as far as purchases go, investments go, and how they're going to live their lives. Lives are slowly changing. And what else is changing is the narrative from uh, the mainstream uh, news sources. I picked up a couple headlines from the, the Market Watch, which is uh, the news channel from Dow Jones, um, and their narrative totally has changed. The the, the clickbait. Has, has definitely changed their uh, here's one Jeremy it says doubting that we can be that we could be in a stock market bubble here's a chart that you need to see so that's one headline they show a nasty chart of how so this overvalued is, the stock market that's are. basically put out by the Dow by the Dow saying so if you doubt we're in a bubble read this major in other shift. words we're in a bubble yeah they, two weeks they're ago they're like it. oh it's 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 the best thing it's the best place to be right not anymore and here's another one from market watch uh, some investors still haven't recovered from the 2000 internet bubble. Your long run can be much longer if you buy stocks when the market is expensive and exuberant. Expensive and exuberant, the stock market is. They're, they're alluding that to the point where, uh, you know, these are realities that we have to uh, address. And they're addressing it now, Jeremy. And, and this is expensive stock markets. We talked about the valuations. Uh, they're at 20-year highs. It's, it's absolutely crazy. And what is undervalued, that's the, that's the main thing. And that's why we, we love uh, the price of gold and silver so much. And look, we're, we're, we're not advisors, number one. Number two, we're not saying you should just own physical precious metals. But the idea is if you have physical metals in your portfolio, you at least have the insurance policy. Mm-hmm. Right? So, you know, you, you can now feel better to take risks elsewhere and maybe chase other things and invest in other things. Physical gold and physical silver, from our point of view, and many in the industry, is not an investment. Physical gold and silver is an asset that you own. There's no counterparty risk. And if there's no counterparty risk, then it's not an investment. It's mm-hmm. money. It's proven. Now, some people don't call silver money. Okay, why? Because it's also used industrially. Okay, I see that as a benefit because now you've got more scarcity That's right. for that money. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's real money. It's a store of value. It's continued to be a store of value, not just for the last two decades, but for decades. Think about it. Go home, use a calculator. The price of gold in 1970 was $35 an ounce. Figure out what the, what the yearly performance is and you'll right. see that it's incredible. It's mm-hmm. been incredible. And of course, last year, silver was up 44% and it was up 
13% the year before. Gold was up uh, 20 plus percent last year, 13% the year before. And what's been really exciting this week is gold is just a, a hair breaths away from being even on the year and being ahead on the yeah. year. And, you know, we spent the whole year kind of consolidating which has been a which has been an opportunity for people to get involved at sure. the lower prices, and right. now we're starting to get back to a sort of a neutral position on the market. And here we are in November. I can't wait to see what December has to hold. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens, of course. But uh, you know, it, you want to be buying low, and it's still an undervalued asset, and it's got a, a long, long way to go. The number one eight seven seven eight silver. The website guildhallwealth.com. It's the Real Money Show on Global News Radio six forty Toronto, and we'll be right back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. We've been talking about the Fed being trapped today, the fact that Raising interest rates is going to be very, very difficult for them. Uh, printing money seems to be the the thing that they're most good at. And, of course, that has led to inflation in many ways, especially the stock market inflation, that uh, they have sort of passed the baton over to the government to say, okay, monetarily, we've come about as far as we can go, and we can't keep talking this up. You guys need to also help us out. So let's get some fiscal stimulus in here, by the way. We'll lend you the money and you'll pay us back with interest for that. But uh, that's okay. Uh, they'll tax they'll tax people and and of course it, prices are going up all yeah. over the place. So you know we're glad you got your free money with your with your stimulus check. But now it's not free anymore. The prices of everything have gone up and mm -hmm. it's just going to continue to go up at this point. So it's we're really in the end game of the financial system and of course they want to usher in the the new deal, mm -hmm. uh, build back better, yep. the, the great the reset. reset. Mm -hmm. What does that actually mean for us? It, it feels a lot like it means a lot, le a lot less freedom yeah. for people. Um, even this idea of digital currency, not cryptocurrency, but digital currencies mm -hmm. that are, that are uh, controlled by central banks. So if they don't like what you said on Facebook, there you go. Can't use your credit card. Your those kind of things. We'll see if that happens. Who knows? We're seeing people stand up for their freedoms. It's a, it's a great thing. But in terms of the Fed, they're really, really trapped. How much higher can the stock market possibly go when the Fed, because we've seen this before, the mm -hmm. Fed tried to lower, tried to, to reduce the balance sheet. They tried to int increase interest rates mm -hmm. and it failed. We they had to reverse course so quickly back in, in 2018. So where, where, where does this go? Mm -hmm. Where does this go from here? What does this mean to, to people who own precious metals or should they be getting into precious metals? Absolutely. Is there any wonder right, right now why gold is on the move? There's an abuse right now on the U.S. dollar, on the Canadian dollar at an unprecedented level. Uh, there, there simply must be a run to underprice liquid hard assets as such as precious metals and natural fancy color diamonds. Um, you know, what, what's the Fed going to really do right now if, especially if the economic growth continues to decelerate the way we're seeing the GDP getting worse and worse, inflation rising, stagflation is here, leading to negative, negative real rates and plus the seasonality of 
the benefits of precious metals. No wonder why precious metals is being sought after like never before. We've never seen the demand. We've never seen the demand from Guildhall to the wholesalers. We've never seen the wholesalers demand so much. The, the, the supply of the physical, knowing that we're heading into the 2022 year for, for the supplies, you know, the, these, the Royal Canadian Mint, the U.S. Mint needs to make the, the brand new 2022 coins. There's not enough metal to make the 2022 coins. We're going to have a lot less. And this is indicative of, of things getting tighter in the precious metal space. And you talked about seasonalities, and I want to talk about why silver is set up for some year-end gains going into Q1. Oh. So silver has, has some really strong seasonals heading into the, the first quarter next year. Over the last 25 years, Jeremy, silver has risen 18 times between November 15th, next week, and February 28th. 18 out of? 18 times. Out between, of how many years? Over the last 25. Okay. So very strong, uh, you know, it's, uh, statistics here. The average gain has been around 10%, but the largest gain has been on 40% back in 2008. So there's obviously never guarantee, but what we see is that the, the, the dominoes, the, the pattern is in place. The trend is in place for a very strong year uh, because of the Fed policies, because of the fiscal policies, because of inflationary risks and stagflation. So the things that we're seeing uh, as far as chartists are concerned, and chartists are giving us some really good um, you know, support for the fundamentals. Yes, the cup and handle is alive and well. Uh, the, the, fun, the technicals don't factor in these fundamentals. But when we, when we look at uh, you know, the US dollar index and, and the 10-year treasury yield coupling in with that chart, the, the moves usually from chartists are very conservative, as you mentioned. But when you factor in the fundamentals and the reasons why, another reason, another factor is the underinvestment in precious metals. I talk about this in the last couple of weeks. The Americans over the past few years are really under underinvested in physical bullion, Jeremy. They're about 0.1% of the U.S. population is invested in physical precious metals. What happens if it moves to 1%? What happens if it moves to 5% as the financial planners suggest that we should be owning 5%, especially in Canada, especially globally. So the opportunity in gold and silver today is is of paramount importance. You want that opportunity not only to safeguard your wealth, to protect it against this inflationary dis- disaster that's, that's at our doorstep, that's coming into our homes, we're seeing it, but you want a position for these gains, these 1970, 1980 type gains. Silver and gold are going to build and multiply your wealth like we have never seen before, and we got to be positioned, Jeremy. So one of the things you were just saying is that the the investment atmosphere out there hasn't even really started to move into precious metals, right? No. So they're still under under invested in terms of portfolio. Uh, positioning allocations that's correct for, for precious metals so what does that mean for you it means there, there's an opportunity here to get in before everyone else does yeah there's another aspect to this which is high premiums high premiums is a good thing and a bad thing on the one hand hey no one wants to pay higher premiums but the other the side of it is let's look under that for a moment and say well, wait a minute why are there higher premiums because there's not enough physical product out there and the demand is very high and so the result has been to increase the premiums 
and raise the premiums to acquire the actual physical product because the paper price does not reflect the physical amount of supply for physical gold and silver. So that's a good thing. That's saying, I'm paying a high premium because at the end of the day, this is cheap. Mm -hmm. This is cheap. So you have under allocation in the market. You have high premiums, which is an indication that it's cheap, that it's undervalued. Right. You have overvaluations. Every, you've got the flashing warning signs of everything you see the, of the stock market and real estate, et cetera. And you see, the government's saying, we're going to raise interest rates, right. right? At least in Canada. And they're probably going to try in the States. And uh, so there's that. And then what's interesting is now you even have Goldman Sachs head of research says gold is set for a boom. Who said that? The Goldman Sachs head of research. His name is Damien Corvallon. Mm. He was on BNN this week talking about uh, the boom for gold. And the reason he said that, Jerry, is because essentially for points that we've been making for, for weeks, if not months, that um, inflation is not transitory. No. Anyone who believed that it was transitory is now starting to realize, wait a minute, even I'm starting to feel it and I can't ignore it anymore. And so therefore, I have to go against what the what the corporate narrative is that, oh, it's transitory. It's just this, this, that, blah, blah, blah. No, it's because everyone was getting paychecks to stay at home. It's because the, the Fed was just printing money and throwing it into the stock market through its sources and trade desks, etc. And so now we have to deal with the consequences of it. We do. The tax, the tax is on us, right? The tax is always on us. And I'm telling you something, we're also never going to be the first to know <laughs> of what the next move is going to be. Right. So we have to protect ourselves with an asset like gold and silver, because it's just that easy. It's just that easy. Gold has all has always continued to hold its value against depreciating fiat currencies. Yeah. We have a beautiful chart that we show people for the gold price, um, performance yeah. and i always show it to people say what do you what, what's your observation they go um it's a sea of green i said yeah yeah who's the one telling you that gold is volatile mm -hmm. when over a period of 15 20 years you can clearly see that it's pulling its value against all the depreciating currencies right. you know when when they had the brexit in 2016, gold went up 45% against a depreciating mm -hmm. British pound. Right. The British pound tanked against a, a basket of currencies and gold went up 45%. Mm -hmm. So if you knew how it was going to turn out, or if you at least had some of your portfolio in gold, you hedged the loss of value on the British pound. Mm -hmm. That was a very fast and small example of what we're seeing over a long period of time. How can you continue to have your fiat currency just sitting in a bank when you know the government is printing it? Right. You know they're devaluing it and it's showing you out in inflation and now they're saying they're gonna raise interest rates. It's, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. I, for me and a lot of our clients, we've had enough. Yeah. We're just saying, get me out of this fiat currency and mm -hmm. get me into something that's going to retain value. Like absolutely. You have to, we have to come to an understanding is that uh, we are denominating assets in a currency and no longer can currencies be that denominator of our wealth. We talk about valuing and realizing our wealth in ounces. I had a client that came in yesterday uh, and congratulations, picked up some, uh, some, physical silver about 1100 ounces with some bitcoin yesterday and he's actually valuing uh, his portfolio in in pounds 
based on weight. He's a, he's a health nut. So he's like, if I weigh X amount of pounds, I need X amount of pounds in my physical bullion stack. And uh, kudos to you. You know who you are. But, uh, you know, this is a very – the perspective needs to change here. Away from dev devaluing, depreciating currencies that are just being destroyed, utterly destroyed. And we must remember that fiat currencies have a limited lifespan. Gold and silver have a millennial record as a store of value, as money for thousands of years, and will continue to do this. And this is the reason why central banks around the world are flocking to it, not Canada. Other central banks are flocking towards the liquidity and the safety of what hard assets like gold and silver provide. Ottavio Costo, he was, he was tweeting, he was at TweetStorm last week, and he concluded None of us own enough hard assets. Physical gold and silver is the way to go. When every dollar counts, it's good to know that physical gold and silver retain value over time. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. It's The Real Money Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. We'll be right back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And we're back, The Real Money Show, the number 18778Silver, the website guildhallwealth.com. We've been talking about uh, physical asset. And Jerry, you and I this week were having a conversation about um, evil and how evil desecrates nature. That's the first thing that they do. They say, we can we can control nature we can create we can change the weather we yeah. can alchemize gold mm -hmm. right feels like in some ways that's to me in some ways what crypto does i think that there's a function there right the ledger technology there's a, a function but this idea of like well we'll just create a currency out of thin air that we'll pretend is as good as gold i that mm -hmm. i don't buy mm -hmm. personally um as well there's uh you know um they do it in jewelry. They've done it with with diamonds, um, creating diamonds out of out of thin air, alchemizing diamonds. Mm -hmm. um, which which is okay. Is that a desecration of nature? <laughs> a colored diamond takes billions of years to create. Do you think that you can just replace that with a lab grown diamond at all? Your thoughts? No, obviously not. Very short, for short and sweet. Uh, you know, value is in rarity. Rarity is value. So when we talk about currencies, one of the fundamental attributes of what money is, it must be scarce. So once you bring into the equation that you're going to be start, you're going to start making your own, uh, you know, the value just goes down for me personally. Um, so it's always about the, the rarity, the beauty, which adds the allure and the beauty of the asset just understanding and especially when you have that diamond in your hands you know putting it under the loop with a microscope and you're you're just viewing the intricacies of the cut there's nothing like it there's nothing like it yeah and you know um if you bought a a, a fake watch right let's say you got a fake rolex fake panerai or something what do you think if you needed money you'd sell it for hmm. what do you think you'd get for it if you had a fake Gucci purse and you decided, I need some money, I'm going to go hawk this or whatever, what do you think you'd get for the fake? Laughed at. You get laughed at. You, you, they'd say, <laughs> uh, nothing. The door's over there. The door's over there. I, I don't know. Maybe 
burn it for food or something, burn it for, for fuel. Um, that's, that's how it works. Mm -hmm. The, 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 the value is in the rarity. The value is in the authenticity of it. Um, what do you get for fake gold? Nothing, Mm -hmm. nothing. We have a tester here at the office. Thankfully we've never really, I think maybe once or twice we came across something, but that we were like, well, Mm -hmm. right. Uh, most of the time we're buying back product from our own clients. So, right. Um, there's never an issue, but, uh, yeah, it's all about rarity real and that reverie for nature Mm -hmm. and that's something that's great about natural fancy color diamonds now the argyle mine closed last year last november so it's been about a year and an article came out a couple weeks ago that said the argyle mine has been closed for a year which we just said Um, now it's famous pink diamonds are thrashing the asx 200 And uh, what this is, uh, one of the things that this article talked about, besides the fact that over the past 12 months, fancy pink diamonds have risen um, 23% um, and 29% for vivid pinks, is that now even mines are getting involved in the market because they know that the prices are going to continue. So it's a good thing to have on the balance sheet. Um, do you think, do you think we're, we're starting to really see the pink diamond market uh, the the closing of the mine react in the diamond market with much much higher prices. Are you seeing that from what you uh, research? Mm-hmm, absolutely. I mean, supply and demand is one fundamental. Obviously, the allure of the the, the in the marketing of the argon mine has helped uh, garner the support for the market, uh, increasing the demand. But we're now seeing bringing in inflationary talk again, Jeremy. Uh, in times of inflation and hyperinflation. You need to park that depreciating dis- the, the currency that is being destroyed, and you need to find something immediately into something that is rare. So this is part of the reason why we're seeing more than ever before why fancy yellows or fancy pinks are going up 23% per year because the money is looking for somewhere to go, and they're finding rarity, and they're finding the value, especially someone who's in the mines, a company that's in the mines. They know they know why and they know what they're doing how hard is it to get how hard it is to get these diamonds um there's nothing more responsible in in going after something that's rare yeah and last time um we saw uh the market being flush with money uh back in in 2000 after the crisis of 2008 we saw diamonds really really take off between basically 2005 through 2014 was a huge huge move um we've noticed as well for certain portions of our of our pink collection that that we're stewards of that um the wholesalers are willing to give us more than what than what we paid wholesale at the wholesale level that's just showing you how in demand the pink diamonds are um, and how difficult it is to procure good quality pink diamonds that's what we've done over the last decade is is only acquire high quality natural fancy colored diamonds and we believe that it's not going to be too long now before we start seeing big moves again in the yellow diamond market as well so this is a, a good thing to look at in a portfolio as far as diversifying with hard assets for the long term uh, because these are investments are you know 10 15 20 year long investments there's virtually no volatility and that's something that a lot of people like about these so give us a call. We just wanted to introduce it again, something that we do here at Guildhall. Um, so definitely give us a call. We're more than happy to show you how this market works. 
Thank you so much for listening today. It's been a, a pleasure to speak with you, Jerry, a pleasure to share our thoughts with the, our audience, and we look forward to hearing from you this week. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. You've been listening to The Real Money Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.